Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Burndown, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi. I'm an oven mitt, Molly's right-hand gal, and I'm totally against everything this show stands for. Are you? No, Molly, it's anti-humor. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is? It will use cinnamon, vegetable oil, garlic, chipotle chili powder, tomato sauce, limes, and chicken. It's day two of Chicken Week, and we've got an episode that I hate. First up, Greg is really bad in tricky trivia. No, he's not. Greg will do a great job, as always. Then we'll have a special guest who is very brave in Ask a Grown-Up. And finally, Andrea is back and does the opposite of teaching in how-to time. Mitzi. It's anti-humor. No, it's actually not. How about we head to the theme song? Let's not! I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Uh, was it good? Am I helping? Mystery recipe. Where did all this anti-humor stuff come from, Mitzi? Well, I heard an excellent joke based on this week's theme, Molly. Want to hear it? Of course. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the other side. <laughs> I've heard that one before. It's so funny. It's like, of course that's why the chicken crossed the road. Why does anyone cross the road? To get to the other side. Right. But it's like, it's not even clever. And it has nothing to do with chickens. It's just factual. It shouldn't be funny, but it is. (laughs) It so is. Right. That's what makes it anti-humor, Mitzi. The joke of it is that it's not a joke. Right, like when I said I was against everything this show stands for. This is not really the same thing, Mitzi. To get to the other side is funny because it's true. That is why the chicken crossed the road. It's just so not funny that it is funny, you know? Oh. You're saying the opposite of what's true. Like Greg doing a horrible job in tricky trivia today. (laughs) What? Greg. Oh, Greg, I can explain. I'm trying my best, Molly. I really do try. No, Greg, you are great at tricky trivia. I was just referencing a joke Mitzi was making earlier. Mitzi? You think I'm terrible at tricky trivia? No! That's why it was a joke, because it was the opposite of what's true. It was anti-humor, Greg. Oh, okay. But, uh, that's not what anti-humor means. Oh, I get that now, Greg, but but I meant the opposite. It wasn't mean. Uh, it feels like maybe it was. I'm really confused here. Okay, Greg, I did not say you were terrible at tricky trivia. 
Or I guess I technically did say it, but I did not mean it. I think you are great at tricky trivia, and I would never try to make you feel sad or feel bad on purpose. Okay. Do you accept my apology? Was that an apology? You never said you were sorry. I didn't? Hmm, nope. Huh. Uh, uh, let me try that again. Greg, I am sorry. I made a mistake. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Okay, I accept your apology, no problem. Really? Of course. You're the best, Mitzi. I believe you when you say you're sorry. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Oh, phew. Well, I think I'm going to go figure out how to make this up to you, Greg. And I think I'm going to go ask Chad what the deal is with anti-humor while I'm at it. Sounds good, Mitzi. And while you do that, how about we move on to our next segment, Greg? Are you ready for this week's round of Tricky Trivia? I believe I am, Molly. Listeners, in Tricky Trivia, Molly will tell us a fact about our ingredient theme, and we get to decide if it is true or false. That's correct. Let's jump right in. Here's your first one. True or false, in the United States, people consume more beef than chicken. Hmm, that's an interesting one, Molly. Chicken is great fried, and chicken nuggets are truly the American dream. But beef is used in burgers, and I think we eat a ton of burgers here in the U.S. So for that reason, I'm going to go with true. This one is false. Chicken is the most consumed meat in the U.S. It was beef for a really long time, but in 1992, chicken beat out beef for the first time, and it stayed the most popular since then. Okay, that makes sense. Chicken nuggets for the win. All right, I'm ready for my next question, Molly. All right then, Greg, onward. True or false, on the weekend of the Super Bowl in 2020, Americans ate over one billion chicken wings. Over one billion? Oh, that's a lot of wings. And that's only over the course of a couple days? Oh, I'm really not sure, Molly. Maybe you'll just have to wing it. Oh, oh, <laughs> Oh, good one. Oh, okay. I'm winging it, winging it, winging it. <laughs> I'm going to say true. Great job. By winging it, you totally won. Wow. What did I win? Oh, nothing. I'm sorry. I was just playing off of wing and won. I guess you've won some pride over the fact that you answered correctly. Yeah, good enough for me. On Super Bowl weekend in 2020, Americans ate 1.4 billion wings. That's enough wings to circle the globe three times. Huh, I wonder how many times the chicken would have to cross the road to get that far. Wow, maybe you should host Tricky Trivia, Greg. That's a great question. Oh, uh, no thank you, Molly. I think I'll leave it to the professional. Let's move on to our final question of the day. Have you ever heard the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I have, and I also know that nobody really knows the answer. Well, I'm actually going to challenge you to find the answer. True or false, Greg? The egg came before the chicken. Molly. Greg. Philosophers in ancient Greece debated this exact question, and yet here we are. In the Mystery Recipe podcast studio, thousands of years later, and you expect me... 
a literal cheese grater to have the answer? I really think you can figure it out. Think about it less as a philosopher and more as a scientist. <sighs> okay, okay. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, do I know how long chickens have been around? Well, not really. But I know birds have been around for a long time. And even earlier, we had dinosaurs. Throughout evolution, all those creatures also laid eggs. I've actually seen fossilized dinosaur eggs in a museum before. So what does that mean for this question? Well, if eggs have been around for as long as dinosaurs, then, hey, Molly, I think that the egg came before the chicken. And so I'd have to say true. Exactly. Great job thinking that through, Greg. It's widely known that eggs came before chickens in terms of evolution. Chickens didn't evolve until about 8 million years ago, and they didn't become the type of chickens we'd recognize until about 8,000 years ago. That might seem like a long time, but compared to dinosaurs that lived about 100 million years ago, it's actually a really short time. Okay, but... What about the very first chicken egg? Now, that is a tricky question. Some scientists have laid it out like this. At some point in evolution, a bird that had evolved enough to be very, very similar to a chicken, but not quite yet a chicken, produced an egg. And in that egg was the very first chicken. Which means the egg still came first. Oh, golly. I think I need a minute to process all this. Take all the time you need, Greg. We're done with tricky trivia for the day. Thanks so much for playing. Hey, Molly, what did the dinosaur eat for breakfast? I don't know, Greg, what? Nothing, because they're extinct. <laughs> Greg, buddy, anti-humor champ. Nicely done. Okay, I figured it out. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Me. Can you open the door, please? Nice one, Mitzi. Thanks! Chad helped me out with that one. Hi. Oh, hey, Chad. Oh, Chad, if you're here, then it must be about time for Ask a Grown-Up. That's right. Hey, Molly, what came first? Ask a Grown-Up or a word from our sponsors? A word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. Shopping couldn't be simpler. It's easy to find the items you buy often, or you can search for exactly what you're looking for. Then schedule a delivery time that works for you and get back to what matters most. Save time and order online with Kroger's Grocery Delivery. Learn more at Kroger.com. Hey, grown-ups! Today, I want to tell you all about mangoes. And my friend, Carmen Dongo, is here to help. Carmen, can you introduce yourself, please? I'm Carmen Dongo. 
I'm a test cook with America's Test Kitchen. Carmen, I know tons of kids love fresh-cut mangoes as a snack, but dishes with mango are a great way to get kids to try new flavors, too. Can you think of any mango recipes that you think kids would enjoy? I think kids will really enjoy tasting mango lassi. Lassi is a yogurt-based drink that originated in the Punjab region of India. You can also just blend them up into a mango smoothie. For more easy, kid-approved mango recipes, visit mango.org slash mysteryrecipe. And we're back. And with us in the studio is our friend and producer, Chad. Hi, Molly. So, Chad, what are we learning about this week? Well, Molly, this is Chicken Week, and this week I wanted to do something a little different. Have you ever heard of someone being called a chicken? Sure. Sometimes people are called chicken if they aren't acting very brave. That's right. And so for Chicken Week, I wanted to try and find someone to talk to who was brave. And so I reached out to one of the bravest people I could find. So my name is Cynthia Garcia. My pronouns are she, her, ella. I live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which is right between Texas and Kansas. I'm an undocumented immigrant who's originally from Mexico. And I came to Oklahoma at the age of 15. And I've been living here and calling it home ever since. Uh, If you don't know about Oklahoma, a couple of fun facts that we have famous people like Brad Pitt, Blake Griffin, and Dr. Phil. Brad Pitt and Dr. Phil come from the same place. Yes. That is amazing. Cynthia described herself as an undocumented immigrant. Can you tell our listeners what that means? Well, we learned that an immigrant is someone who moves from one country to another. Usually, you need to get permission from both countries to move from one to another, which can be hard. Yeah, so an undocumented person is someone who currently doesn't have status, right? I don't have an actual permit that allows me to reside in the U.S. Basically, an undocumented immigrant or an undocumented person is someone who didn't get that permission, someone who isn't a United States citizen but has come to live here in the United States. Because undocumented people aren't U.S. citizens, they can sometimes be sent back to their home countries. That's called deportation. I'm protected from deportation which means forced removal, right, through a program called DACA. DACA is the Deferred Action for Child Arrivals Program, which protects undocumented people from deportation if they came to the U.S. as children. But DACA doesn't protect people like Cynthia long-term. She feels strongly that we need change. In order to make that change, Cynthia is working as an immigrants' rights organizer with a group called United We Dream. So United We Dream is the largest immigrant youth-led network in the country. Uh, We create welcoming spaces for young people that they can feel seen, heard, accepted, and so that we can build long-term changes in our community. I think immigrants like myself, I mean, we want to feel welcome. And we know that often there are spaces that make us feel less valuable. So, you know, we talk about a golden rule of treating people the way that we want to be treated. So we want to make sure at United We Dream that we're able to empower people to say, I deserve that respect. I deserve that kindness. I deserve to be seen. Uh, And we want our people to have joy and thrive while they're doing that. 
Basically, United We Dream is an organization that works to make undocumented people, especially undocumented youth, feel safe and feel like they belong in their communities, which can be difficult work. So I asked Cynthia if she felt brave for doing it. Definitely. I think we're all brave by even having this conversation. I feel like I'm brave when I'm organizing because I know some people may not agree with us, right? But I think at the same time, I know how much it means to the people that I love that we're working together to make sure that like families remain together, that families feel welcome in their neighborhoods, that they feel welcome in our communities. And so I think one example I can share, we had a community member who we wanted to bring home. Unfortunately, he was at risk of deportation, but we were able to organize. We showed up outside of the location where he was being detained and we were able to get him released. And so I think that was one of the places where I felt brave, but I also felt the power of our community because the family didn't have to go alone. They had hundreds of people who showed up with them. I think that was brave. United We Dream sounds like an awesome organization that's doing some really important work. What can our listeners do to help? There's always ways to support. No matter how young you are, you can always make a difference. You can start with something simple like posting up welcome sign at your house that lets immigrants, neighbors, that you are there to empower them and, you, and that you see them. Starting at a young age, I think it's really important to make sure that we're proactive, that we have conversations with our families about how we can be community care leaders. And so I wish that, that there are more spaces that are, are young young people, future leaders, are able to to learn really early on about how they can create change. Sounds like Cynthia and United We Dream are committed to doing just that. Exactly. I also took a moment to ask Cynthia about chicken because it's Chicken Week, and she had a great recipe to share. Uh, My first job when I started working was at a chicken place. And one of the things I, I made was a jalapeno chicken sandwich. It's just a chicken patty, you assemble it as a sandwich, but the spread and the sauce is just mayonnaise, a little bit of lime, jalapenos, and cilantro. And it gives it a really rich flavor. It's amazing. You have to try it. Yum. I am definitely going to. Yum is right. Special thanks to Cynthia and United We Dream for sharing their bravery and that chicken sandwich recipe with our listeners. Grownups, if you want to find out more about how to support United We Dream, you can head to unitedwedream.org. Molly? Mitzi? What's fun, educational, and stars our friend, Andrea? How-to time? That's right! Andrea, just in time! Hey, everyone! Listeners, this season we wanted to help Greg work on his kitchen technique. And so each week, Andrea is going to teach Greg something new that has to do with our ingredient theme. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. Hey, Andrea, what are we working on today? It's chicken week, so I'm going to teach you a very useful technique for cooked chicken. Shredding. Ooh, like on a guitar. No, Mitzi. What would that have to do with chicken? Like a cool 
chicken shredding on a guitar? Uh, no. We're not going to be teaching chickens to play guitars. What are we going to learn, Andrea? We're going to learn how to shred cooked chicken into small pieces. Ooh, like for chicken soup? That's exactly right, Greg. You can use shredded chicken in all kinds of dishes like soup, chicken salad, pulled barbecue chicken, or chicken and rice. Oh, okay. So, uh, how do we do it? I like your enthusiasm there, Greg. Jumping right in. Okay, I have some poached chicken breasts here. What does poached mean? When you poach something, you cook it slowly in a hot liquid. For example, I cook these chicken breasts slowly in water with some garlic and onion for flavor. You can poach eggs, fish, shrimp, lots of stuff. Ooh, I love poached eggs. I had no idea you could poach other things. Yeah, it's a great way to cook something gently to keep it nice and tender, like these chicken breasts. Now they're perfect for shredding. Thank you, Mitzi, for the musical accompaniment. Uh, Was it good? Am I helping? So, do we just cut the chicken up with a knife, or do we have to touch it with our hands? We won't be cutting it up. If we cut it up, it would just be chicken pieces, not shreds. And while we could use our hands, that would be pretty messy. Ah, oh, thank goodness. Here in the test kitchen, we like to shred chicken or other proteins like beef, pork, or turkey with two forks. So all you have to do is use these two forks to pull the meat apart until it's in bite-sized pieces. Starting at one end of the chicken breast, put one fork into the piece of chicken, then put the other fork in nearby and pull the two forks away from each other. This will tear the chicken, shredding it. Wait, Mitzi, I think we're okay without the guitar solo. Oh, not helping? No, but thank you. Okay, well, here with my sick shredding skills whenever you need them. (laughs) That seems pretty simple. Let me give it a try. Oh, wow. This is easy. It's coming apart in uneven sizes, though. Some pieces are bigger than others. Is that okay? That's okay, as long as your pieces are all roughly the same size. They don't have to be exact. The great part about shredding meat rather than cutting it up with a knife is it creates a lot of irregular surfaces or rough and craggy edges for sauce to cling to. So it can make your already tender, delicious meat even more flavorful. Wow! I never thought something as simple as shredding meat could make such a big difference in a recipe. It sure can. A technique doesn't need to be complicated or fancy to have a big impact on your final dish. Woot! That was great! Thanks, Andrea. And hey, Andrea, I've been thinking. I've sort of accomplished a lot of the goals I had when we first started. I wanted to get better at grading things, which I totally have. I wanted to learn a cheesecake recipe, which I think I've just about perfected. Oh yeah, Greg, you have certainly perfected that one. Although, if you wanted to make another one, I wouldn't stop you. And I've gotten really good at following all the steps in a recipe. Well, congrats, Greg. I think that's great. So what's next? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I don't know what to work on next. Well... What are your favorite parts of being here at America's Test Kitchen Kids? Hmm, well, I think experimenting with new recipes is really fun. 
and learning about exactly why things happen during cooking and baking. Like the science of it. Nice. That's an exciting part of food for sure. You could look into becoming a scientist, you know, Greg. A scientist? You really think so, Andrea? I think you could be absolutely anything you wanted to be, Greg. And we'd all be lucky if you were out there doing experiments and learning about how to make the food world even better. Gah, that's amazing to hear. Thank you, Andrea. I'm going to keep thinking on it, but I appreciate your help. No problem, Greg. I'll see you next week. Hey, Greg? Yeah, Mitzi? What's red, blue, yellow, and orange? I don't know. What? Colors! <laughs> hey, Molly, what do you call a tuna sandwich and a side of potato chips? I don't know, Mitzi. What? Lunch! <laughs> hey, Greg, what's almost over now? This episode? Yeah. Uh, this anti-humor stuff is really a lot of work. Yeah, making not funny funny is not fun. Mitzi, maybe anti-humor is not your brand of comedy. Maybe. You are really good at puns and clever rhymes. You don't have to be good at everything. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I might stick to the funny jokes. They're maybe more of a fit. Those are my favorite anyway. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back soon with another anti-anti-humor episode. We've got a salty experiment in our pressing question segment, followed by some adventure in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Or feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep, keep on, on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a chocolate croissant. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is Eggs Benedict. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a breakfast burrito. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik and Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. They are two eggs over easy with a side of corned beef hash. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a Pop-Tart. Our post-production supervisor is Jen Margolis. She's French toast. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also an omelet. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's two double lattes. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a blueberry pancake. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, Senior editors, Afton Cyrus and Ali Velez Aldifer. Test cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin. Assistant editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger. And assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. Andrea Vavjin and Katie O'Hara were contributing writers on this episode. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Jonathan Cormer. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and the National Mango Board. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids.
Hey, Mitzi, what's blue and wet and all over the place? The ocean. Ha! What's metal and helpful and should be sharpened regularly? A knife. What's silver and holy and a big fan of mystery recipe? Uh, aw, it's you! That's right, it's me. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 